0: don't have to okay hi hey how's it going oh just Um, kara how have you had any strange insect experiences (laughs) (laughs) why yes megan yes i have tell me all about it there's bees they swarmed bees the scout bees came and discovered that my building was the perfect spot for the queen to live and so they moved her in was it last week or the week before that we were just talking about how i used to have bees? Wasn't it last week? I feel like it was real recently. They uh, moved her in, so we had to move her out. Yeah. There's a couple holes in my walls. That's fine. So I was reading about this. Hey, this is the Witches Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. And I'm I'm Megan. I was reading about the symbolism of bees. And it said that if I'm a goddess. (laughs) That. Body of a goddess. That was like. (laughs) Body of a goddess. (laughs) But it also said that bees represent, like, wealth and fortune and good Tidings, so maybe i really hope so because i lost out three days of business yeah so. had to close for these. <laughs> i hope they and do i didn't have anywhere to go <laughs> i hope they bring me prosperity i hope they do day. too yeah. they owe you at this they point they really do um yeah so but they're gone now they are so we're here god save the queen <laughs> <laughs> or something or something of that effect so this week i have got one of my favorite types of stories I love it. That is one of those. What happened to this person? Where are they? Stories. I love it when you do these stories. It's they're my not favorite. A favorite. Um, I mean, I'm not happy that they happened. No, they're so fascinating, and this one in particular has so many weird details to it that it, each detail could give you a theory as to what happened, or
1: so we're gonna, so or the details, details
0: could mean nothing. I mean, you know, like okay, all right, are we ready? Yep, I'm ready. I'm so ready. Okay. Joan Carolyn Baird was born in Brooklyn in 1930, and she had sort of a rough childhood. Okay, Her parents died in a fire when she was 10, and she went to live with family members. So that fire was described as suspicious, but I wasn't able to find anything else about it besides that so it would have been 1940 so it's kind of a long time to try to find too much information yeah Uh, i'm not sure that it matters a whole lot to this story but i do think it's worth noting that going through this like traumatic stuff when she was young Mm -hmm. maybe had some sort of impact oh okay on her later okay um there's also reports that joan said she was sexually abused by her foster father Mm -hmm. so uh, she grew up, went to Wilson College in Pennsylvania, and got her degree in English literature. Okay. Then went on to work in publishing. Look at her. Wow. She started as a secretary, but went on to become an editorial assistant. And it feels like that's impressive. Yeah. In the 40s. 40s, Yes. Yeah. yeah. In 1954, she met Martin. Dang it. I meant to look up. Martin, Google it. <laughs> I think it's R-I-C. Nope. It's R-I-S-C-H. I think it's Rish. In 1954, she met Martin Rich at a Harvard football game, and they got married in 1956. Joan quit work to become a stay-at-home mom. Okay. The couple had two children, Lillian, born in 1957, and okay. David, born in 1959. David. David. Ew, David. Ew, David. Ew, David. They moved to Lincoln, Massachusetts, and just seems like they had this, like, picture-perfect life, you know?
1: Yeah. She was a stay at
0: mom. And she was really active in volunteer work. Martin had a job with the Fitchburg Paper Company. One boy, one girl. Yes, and they lived in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And Joan talked about becoming a teacher after her kids got a little older. Oh, okay, okay. There's so many details. (laughs) So I like that you had to take a breather. It's so like here's where it starts, and it's just like I mean I'm on page one. The rest of this is all there's lots of pages. It's basically detailing one day. And it takes a whole lot of pages because so many weird things happen. What was that noise? It sounded like a cowbell. From now on, it's blaming it on. It's like the, the trash, trash witch or and the bees. bees. Yeah, maybe they're all together. She, what, if the she tra- what if the what if like what them. we thought was a trash witch was actually bees in your walls? They wouldn't have been back here though. True. Bee merch coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so it's October twenty fourth, nineteen sixty one, Lincoln, Massachusetts. Joan is thirty years old. Lillian is four. David is two. Starts off like a normal day. Martin has this overnight trip to Manhattan to go on. So he gets up early, goes to the airport, flies to Manhattan. Okay. For this overnight thing. Okay. Joan got her children up, made them breakfast. And then she dropped off David at a neighbor's house. That neighbor's name is Barbara Barker. And she comes up a whole lot in the story. So she took David to the neighbor's house to stay. And then she took Lillian to the dentist. After they go to the dentist, she and Lillian go do a little shopping. Then they go pick up David. And then Joan and the kids were all back home by 11.15 in the morning. Oh. Okay. Quick trip. It's a lot of things accomplished. Yeah. (laughs) There are several different people who were by the house that day. There was the milkman, because it was back in the day when you still got milkman deliveries. Of course, it was
1: the milkman. And the mailman.
0: And they both made deliveries. And the dry cleaner came by to pick up some of Martin's suits to be cleaned. And all of them were like, we never saw anything out of the ordinary at the house. Once they were home... Joan changed out of the more formal outfit she'd worn to take Lillian to the dentist, which I really love. Like, I had to get dressed up to go to the doctor. And here we are in yoga (laughs) pants most days. (laughs) And into a blue house dress and sneakers. How often do you change clothes during the day? No, sometimes I don't change. I change clothes (laughs) a ridiculous amount throughout the day. No, Like, if I have to be professional, I'll get dressed. And as soon as I get home, I'm in my pajamas. My friend Ashley stopped by the other day. It was like 1 o'clock. She's like, what are you doing today? I was like, nothing. I'm about to go put in my pajamas. And she was like, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, it's not normal. You're right. <laughs> you don't do that. So anyway, oh. um, she had this like look of horror on her face. Like, why would you do that? I was like, she was like, don't do that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I will when you leave. Though. Hi, Ashley. She listens to. <laughs> hey. So Joan made lunch for her kids, then put David down for a nap. And apparently he was a really predictable napper. He always napped until 2 p.m. Oh. So, at one o'clock, the neighbor who'd kept David earlier, Barbara, she brought her four-year-old son over to play with Lillian. Because, remember, she's also four. Right. Lillian and Douglas played together while Joan was sort of in and out, pruning plants and stuff. They said she'd put the shears she'd used back in the garage. Then, right before two, which is like right before you would be thinking David would wake up, Yeah. Joan took Lillian and Douglas back across the street to Douglas's house, which was Barbara, mm-hmm. you know, and said she'd be back. She just said that to the kids like she never talked to Barbara, but she just yeah. took them over there and was like, I'll be right back. Lillian said she didn't see anyone else in the area, but also she and Douglas were playing in an area where they couldn't really see Lillian's house. The houses on the street were spaced far apart uh, okay. and there were lots of fences and big trees. Yeah, So you had neighbors, but you still had a lot of privacy. Yeah. At 2.15, Douglas's mom, Barbara, sees Joan wearing some sort of trench coat moving quickly up the driveway with her arms outstretched. At the time, she thought maybe Joan was chasing one of the kids because she didn't realize the kids were actually in her yard. Oh. So she was like, I think she might be playing some type of game. There are lots of reports that say Joan was carrying something red, but that's not true. If you, like, read the police report, Barbara never said she was carrying anything. Just she, she said she thought she could see red around oh, okay. Joan through the trees, but it's hard to see because of the trees. Yeah. That is the last confirmed sighting of Joan Risch. Oh, so that's at 2.15. What? At 3.15, the daughter of a different neighbor gets off the school bus and she says she sees a strange car, maybe a General Motors model, two-tone blue car, like in the, like backing out of the driveway. Uh-huh. And another resident said they'd stop driving to let a car back out of the Rich's driveway. So it's like two people um, who are like, we've seen this car. Yeah. At 3.40, Barbara decides that she's going to take Lillian home. Since she assumed Joan was home, she just sort of dropped Lillian off and left. Like, she didn't go in or anything like that. She took her kids shopping, and she was back home by 4.15. Uh-huh. At that point, Lillian comes back to her house, and she's like, Mommy's gone, and the kitchen is covered in red paint. (gasps) Right. So... I hate this. <laughs> like, Lillian is four. Yeah. She'd been dropped off, and she had just gone inside and was left alone for, like, half an hour. While they were at the grocery. Yeah. And she waited until they got home. And I figured that she, like, she saw the red paint or what she thought was yeah. red paint and wandered through the house, wondering where her mom was. Poor baby. Her brother is still there because he's been napping. Oh, wow. But he started crying because his diaper needs to be changed. Yeah. And I guess she just waited for Barbara to get back. Oh, You know? No. Barbara called the police at 4.33 p.m. The police arrived five minutes later, which is nice. Yeah. Very quick. Yeah, that was quick. Sergeant Mike McHugh talked to Barbara and then went inside the house. There was blood smeared on the walls. Oh, no. A table was overturned, and the wall-mounted telephone had been ripped from the wall and thrown in the trash can. Oh. The trash can was usually under the sink, but now it was in the middle of the room. So, at first, Sergeant McHugh searched the house for her body, thinking maybe she'd committed suicide. Right. But there was no body. And then he called for backup to search for her. Okay, how are you so far? <laughs> Anxious. Anxious. Stress. I wrote stressful. like my palms are sweaty. <laughs> Do you need, need? I was about to bust into Eminem, but I didn't. Palms are sweaty. Um palms knees weak. Okay. <laughs> they put out an alert to local hospitals to see if anyone matching Joan's description had been admitted, which was a no. And they also said, "Well, if anyone shows up that looks like this, right, call us." No one ever did. <laughs> Ooh. Barbara had called Martin's work at that point to find him and learned that he was in New York for the work trip. So the Massachusetts State Police called him to say there's an emergency. So he canceled the rest of his trip and came home immediately. So back to the Risch house. There were four letters that the mailman had dropped off that day, and those were still in the mailbox. So no one had brought those in. Okay. The phone book was out in the kitchen and opened to the page where emergency numbers could be written down, but nothing was written down. Oh, And the phone record showed that no calls had been made. But remember the phone was like ripped Ripped from the wall wall so she couldn't have called. It's weird. There was an empty liquor bottle and empty beer bottles in the trash. Martin said that the liquor bottle was one that he and Joan had finished off the night before. Mm -hmm. But he didn't know where the beer bottles came from. So that's weird. It is weird. The trench coat that Barbara had mentioned seeing Joan in earlier was still at the house, but a different jacket was missing. Her purse was there. She cashed a check earlier in the day when she went shopping, Mm -hmm. and based on what she had bought that day, they figure that she had about $10 left, which today, that equates to about $90. So $10 went a lot farther, but I still don't know if it would be like, I've got $10, I'm going to run away and start a new life kind of thing. So then police start talking to people around the neighborhood. Several people said they thought they'd seen Joan after that time that Barbara Barker saw her with her arms outstretched going up the driveway. So... Barbara saw her at 2.15. Uh Uh-huh. That's what we're sure of. That was for sure Joan. Okay. No questions about that one. Right. At 2.45, someone spotted a woman wearing clothing that matched the description of what Joan had last been seen wearing, and they saw her with a kerchief tied, like, over her head and around her chin. She was walking along the side of the road on the north side of Route 2A... Um, west of its junction with Old Bedford, headed toward Concord. And I'm only giving you those road names because they come up again later. <laughs> <laughs> I know none of these, like directing a map. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm like Ugh. so this was not inside the neighborhood, but it was near the neighborhood. Mm. And they said it seemed like she was wondering and she was kind of hunched over while she walked. Oh. Then so that was 245. Then between 315 and 330, there's another sighting of a similarly... similarly. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly,
1: yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> described
0: job. woman, except this time they mentioned blood running down her legs. Ooh. Walking north on the route 128 median strip in Waltham, 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 Gotham mm-hmm. <laughs> with a W <laughs> again, they said it seemed like she was wandering or disoriented and that she might have been cradling something at her stomach, which kind of matches she the earlier description of yeah. like hunched up. Yeah. Then even later, around 4:30 p.m., someone describes the same woman still walking along Route 128. So that the first sighting is 2:45, the last sighting is 4:30 of this woman, and she's still bleeding. Yeah. So part of me is like, no one stopped to help this woman. Yeah, but also, I don't know that I would have either. It I mean, I think the, of all the people I drive by, yeah, and don't stop. It could be teeth. <laughs> the movie. Oh, you haven't watched I it. I watched teeth. She gets trackers not I will she never... She gets truckers to, like, take her on. and I could never have been a dentist of any type. or advantage. dental assistant. Nope. <laughs> and that... The, the premise of that particular movie really bothers me just to think about
1: it.
0: <laughs> and I can't imagine... Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'd like to think that if I saw this woman along the side of the road with blood running down her legs, I might stop. But I probably wouldn't. I'd probably just... I would just... You. Yeah. <laughs> can you ask Will yeah, what to do about you this? can figure out what's happening? I would just... Call 911 That's all I do now, anytime anything I need happens. to report an emergency, please. I did not do it, though. My, I did not leave my vehicle, because that's where my mind will go. Mm-hmm. Ma'am, did we need to see you down at the police I know. station. No, because I just drove by her. I didn't touch her, I swear. I know just enough to sound completely guilty of anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, investigators were never able to confirm whether or not this woman was, was Joan. One? Well, also, who's the bloody woman wandering around then? So, that's the whole thing, is like... Whether it's Joan or not.
1: Who yeah, was that? What a happened to her? woman
0: wandering around. So they checked the area hospitals. They tried to track her down where she'd been. And they there was also like a reservoir nearby. They searched that water to see. Never found. So they never, they never confirmed if it was Joan. But they also never confirmed if it was anybody, anybody. else. So yeah. that's like a whole other mystery wrapped up in what? this. So we still don't know who she was. So remember the car that one of the neighbors had seen? Or Which actually two, two of the one neighbors one. saw pulling yeah. out? The girl getting off the bus of the school bus saw it. Okay. So that was described as a blue two-tone car. The milkman said that he had seen a car matching that same description in the Rish's driveway five days earlier. Oh. And another neighbor said they'd seen a blue two-tone car parked on Sunnyside Lane, which is a street that intersects with route two A. Remember she was on oh, that yeah. earlier or the woman was. Yeah. The bloody woman. And that was around four fifteen. She said she saw a man get out of the car Cut some branches from the nearby woods and put them in his vehicle. So I'm immediately like, so he was cutting branches to cover up her body. That's what that was. Right? I mean, there's no other possible explanation. But why would you cut them so early if it's an evergreen and it's got like the bushy things on it? It's going to die. So wouldn't you want like a live one to cover it up? Maybe it wasn't early. It was 4.15. Maybe he was covering her body up right then. Oh, true. I don't know. But she's walking blood. Bloodied. She's walking blood. She's walking she's, blood. She's blood personified. She's <laughs> She is a puddle of blood wandering around. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. But this was on that day is mm-hmm. when they saw him cutting the woods. Cutting the branches from Cut. the woods. Cutting the woods. <laughs> Just cutting them all. She, 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 Okay, so let's go back to the scene at the house. Remember, <laughs> there was a whole lot of blood around. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but they couldn't really look at the blood and easily figure out what had taken place. There were smears on the wall and the floor in the kitchen and on the phone. There were three bloody fingerprints, but they couldn't be linked to anyone. Over the years, they compared those bloody fingerprints to over 5,000 sets of fingerprints, and they were never able to identify them. Oh, wow. Now, they didn't have Joan's fingerprints. Yeah. So they could have been hers. Yeah. There was evidence that someone had tried to clean up some of the blood. But also, I keep thinking about, remember how Lillian was alone in the house? Mm -hmm. And part of me is like... What Maybe she, she tried yeah. to. Like, I could picture my kids, especially around four years old, because that's when they, like, yeah. they did everything I did, you know? Yes. And so I could see Lauren or Ella being like, I'll clean this up, and Mom, you'll be so happy when yeah. I get home or whatever. I'll get rewarded for this. Right. And she thought it was paint. So, mm-hmm. uh, in the kitchen, investigators thought the bloodstains seemed consistent with someone staggering around and trying to support themselves after an injury. Oh, and she was, that lady was hunched Hunched over, over or holding her abdomen. With blood running down her legs. So she was just that delirious? I don't know. I mean, we'll get here in a few minutes. We'll talk about like theories and stuff, but it is like, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. There was also blood outside the kitchen. There was one drop at the bottom of the stairs and then two drops at the top of the stairs. But they're just drops? not Eight drops in the master bedroom and then another drop in David's nursery. So like if she'd gone upstairs, Mm -hmm. it seems like she spent the most time in the master bedroom. Okay. And then maybe peeked in on David. Yeah. They couldn't figure out the order of it either. They can't tell like. Oh, yeah. She went here first and then. You're right. And they can't even figure out like, was she hurt upstairs and came downstairs or what? You know what I mean? Yeah. But the most amount of the blood was in the kitchen. So there was also blood leading from the kitchen to the driveway and out to Joan's car. There was blood on the right rear fender the left side of the hood near the windshield and the very center of the truck, which is weird too. Cause the other two are kind of like around the edges, like mm-hmm. maybe brushed past it. But then this one is just like the very middle of the trunk. Why? Yeah. How? Why how? How? <laughs> why how? how? The trail of blood ended in the driveway. So if we're assuming that all this blood came from her mm-hmm. and she just walked away, right. why would it stop? It would have it continued. Yeah. yeah. So did she get another car? Like, mm-hmm. If that was her out on the road, how did she get from the house to to the road? Yeah. As for the blood type itself, it was type O, which was Joan's type, but it's also the most common type. Right. So a state police chemist determined that while it seemed like a lot of blood, the total amount was actually about a half a pint, which did not indicate a life-threatening injury. Oh. Aside from the blood and a tipped over table, the house was in order. Nothing appeared out of place and nothing had been stolen. And the phone ripped from the wall. So those right. are like the main things. Yeah. So it's not like there was a robbery. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's just talk about this. First. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's so much. Okay. So my head goes to some real dark places. Uh-huh. Um, Like I wonder, there is something about the fact that she's hunched over and has blood running down her legs. Yes. That makes me wonder about a home abortion. Oh. Like a botched... And, her, but did they and it was find the day anything? her husband left for an out of town visit, which is like, could she have been trying to get this done before he got back? Or did the little girl really go? Did they confirm that she went to the dentist? Yes. Okay. Yes. But they didn't find any tools, though? So could there have been a doctor involved? Because this was the 40s. This is, you weren't this Okay. So the blue car then could have been like, a doctor like he was there five days before to check on check her. on her yeah and also to say whether as a doctor could do he it. could probably uh, but why would not he be, be suspected, cu- suspected why would speech? he be cutting trees now i don't i don't i didn't i didn't think it through to that part <laughs> i'm stuck on the blood or right what if he realized he killed like what if he came back to check on her realized he had like she's she's done and so he like puts her in his car and is like oh shit oh shit oh shit and then maybe she got out like or maybe, maybe she he did three. like cover her up under these branches and thinking she's dead and then she's not, so she's just like delirious Well that was at four fifteen. Four fifteen is when they saw him oh, cutting yeah. the branches. And it was two forty-five to four thirty when they see this woman. Oh yeah. yeah who yeah. may not have even been Joan, but right. it seems like it was Joan. And maybe the beer bottles were like to numb. Yeah. Wild speculation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like trying to figure out I'm trying to put all the pieces together into something that makes sense. Um, but if she's used to drinking liquor, beer's not going to do anything. That's true. If it's only a couple bottles, that's true. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok, these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I'm still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all Mm -hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's, um, from Tymo, Uh T Y. Curly, wavy hair. So it was a huge game changer for me. It dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny, which I noticed immediately. Mm -hmm. I didn't even need to straighten it afterwards. And usually I do because usually I have all those wild, like curls left over. The wind power on this thing is Using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Menopausal and paramenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones, so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit BuyWinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at BuyWinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B Y W I N O N A.com for 25% off. Winona, menopause care made easy.
0: So, okay. Also, yeah. maybe someone just came in and attacked her. Right. Try to take her in a car. I keep thinking that someone had to probably have taken her in a car from her house to the road. And then maybe she got loose from there. And she had like superficial stab wounds. Yeah. In her stomach or something. Because if she had on a coat, maybe all they could see was her legs to see blood running down it. Right. And, and it, it doesn't have necessarily me- She could have mean... just been like holding her insides. Right. Ugh. 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 So here's where things go... um, Gone girl. Uh oh. There's a reporter who goes to the library to research other cases that are similar to Joan's disappearance. She checks out a book about a woman who had disappears. Apparently it was the story of the disappearance of Brigham Young's 27th wife. <laughs> Which, I was like, um, note to self, let's let's look up Brigham Young's 28th wife. I think isn't he Mormon at the end um, maybe in the time that they had multiple Maybe. Wives. So when she checked it out. She saw that Joan Risch had also previously checked out the book in September. So a month before this happened. Okay. Let's take a second to explain to the children how checking out books used to work. Oh, yeah. So there used to be in the front of your library book, a little envelope that had a little card in it. it And it would have the date and you'd sign it. Yes. And so you could look on there and be, and you could see all the people who previously checked out that book. Remember that? Cool. So good. Um, I love it so much. That's not Actually, how it Actually, that anymore. cat crime book has the library I'm book sure. thing still in it. I bet you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw that. Yeah. So, okay. So that's how she could tell, oh, Joan checked this out on September 25th yeah. or whatever. And then she looked at another book called Into Thin Air about a woman who went missing and had left behind blood smears and a towel. And guess what? Joan had previously checked that one out too. So then people start looking through the library records and they found out that Joan had checked out twenty-five books over the summer and many of them had to do with murders and missing persons cases. But I mean she's either a murderino. Right. Because if you <laughs> looked like, at our Google mine would be the same. If you looked at our Google history or our my audiobooks. right. Three fourths of it would be that. I mean, her husband was like, listen, Joan was a huge reader and she loves suspense stories. Yeah. But this led a lot of people to be like, Well, maybe she staged her disappearance. And I'm like, oh. For years and years, all I ever read was like murder mystery and horror right you know right and so oh I preferred nonfiction to fiction if so. you or I went missing right now can you imagine <laughs> what people would come up with as to what happened to us <laughs> we've ran away as a couple absolutely so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway their story was like Oh, she'd abandoned her exciting publishing career in New York and then became dissatisfied with her life, so she staged oh, her I disappearance. Oh, I forgot about the publishing thing. Like, she yeah. was into that stuff, though. Yeah, she's a book person. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems extreme to me. Yeah. Uh, and also, the timing of when she would have chosen to stage her disappearance is on this busy day where she's got, like, a, her child has hesitant right? Support, and then she's out pruning the bushes outside. Like, why would well, you bother? Well, and was anyone looking into what she was publishing at the time, what if it was something similar and she's doing... I like market research. Yeah. Well, I mean, she doesn't work there anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, She's, she's a stay-at-home mom. But maybe she's writing her own book. She could have been. You do have to read a lot when you're going to write yeah. a book. But I don't know. I don't it's know. The, it's the, the kids saw her with the shears cutting bushes and stuff outside. Like, right. why would you be out there doing landscaping on your house if, if you're, you're planning to run leave, away in, yeah. like, 30 minutes? That doesn't make any sense to me. Also, did we check the shears? Did we see... I kept thinking when I read this at first because they mentioned how the kids saw her put the shears back in the garage. Yeah. I kept expecting that to come back up. But I think the whole point was they're in the garage. They they saw her put the shears away. So her friends and family said she's a loving, devoted wife and mother who would never just choose to leave it all behind. And like, I mean, it does take an extreme. Like, what kind of person just suddenly walks away and never has any contact with her family again? Like her kids. Yeah. So. It just seems real unlikely. You would think that she'd be acting a little different leading up to... I don't know, though. I mean, some people just... Well, I keep thinking about how, like, I have to think of a 40s mindset woman. Because in, in that... Or this is the 60s, I guess, by the time she did this. But, like, it very hard to be an independent woman yeah. at, the, at that time. Yeah. And so if she did want more than just being whatever she was... Right. What would that have been like? But also, it just seems to just never see your children again. But she did have that life, though. She was a woman in a man's industry. Mm -hmm. And and it became a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. I just don't, I don't buy that she faked her disappearance. No, I don't think she did. Okay. So, for suspects, there's not really much. (laughs) Right. I know her husband was in Manhattan. That's never been in question. The mailman the milkman were both easily alibied and ruled out. Okay. There's this one random guy. It's a long story, but basically the neighborhood was identified as this important historic site. And um, they were going to call it the Minuteman National Historic Park as part of the route that British troops had taken when they marched out of Boston to begin the Revolutionary War Uh in 1775. So Congress wanted to restore the area back to that time. Right. So what they were going to do, that that meant removing all the structures, houses built after 1775. So... A purchasing agent with the National Park Service named Robert Foster, he was going around to visit all the homes to talk about the project because they wanted to buy them. Right. When he was visiting the homes, some of the women said he was weird. weird. They're like, he was here too long. Yeah. And he had visited Joan's home on September 25th, a month before she vanished. Hmm. But on the day she disappeared... He went to lunch with his supervisor at 1, and then at 3, he was back in the Lincoln area meeting a property appraiser, and all of that was verified. What if he got her pregnant when he visited her the first time, and he's the one that did the abortion when he came back to visit that day? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I feel bad because I know what a hot-button issue is. Yeah, suggesting that she yeah. was pregnant and suggesting that she may have had an abortionist. So I don't mean it to be no. offensive. as, no, much no, as we're, as we're I'm just, just like, trying to figure it out. Yeah, I just kind of want to be like, does this fit the, yeah. you know. All of all of that was verified by a supervisor and two civil... Oh, there were, there were people with him. Two civil engineers ah. were working with him that day. Oh. So, cross hmm. that one off the list. <sighs> um, so, we have a few things. Like, there's this theory that she begged her disappearance... Or there's a theory that Joan was the woman with blood running down her legs, wandering by the side of the road. And in my opinion, both of those can't be true at the same time. Like, she wouldn't have faked her disappearance just to go wander down the road where anybody could see her. Yeah. Now, the woman wandering down the road may not have been Joan at all. But also, somebody figured out out. who that that is. That's the thing. Like, so now we're talking about two missing women, sort of? At the... (laughs) Wearing similar outfits. It seems more likely that that was Joan. Yeah. They did a really thorough search to find her. So then it becomes a question of how does Joan go from a busy day running errands with her kids and trimming the bushes outside to wandering the side of the road with blood running down her legs within like hours? Yeah. The last time anyone saw her was, what, 2.15? That was the last time that the neighbor saw her. And then the first sighting of the bloody lady was... Like 3. Because the last one was 4 2.45. 2.45, okay. So 2.45... 3.15, so, and then... Yeah. 30, okay. From 2.45 until 4.30, there were kind of regular sightings. Yeah. And then... The, but the last time we know anyone saw Joan was 2.15. So in that half-hour period, she goes from walking up the street... Walking up the driveway of her house, you know? Yeah. Maybe... That was my thing. Maybe the woman doesn't have anything to do with Joan. Right. But that's weird. And maybe Joan was just kidnapped and murdered and disposed of... And the sighting of this woman really threw off the investigation. Yeah, Like Maybe they could have found Joan yeah. if they hadn't got distracted. I don't know. I just think the woman on the side of the road was Joan. Like I do too. On yeah. Her. But even if it's her, we still don't know how she got there. Or what happened to her. Yeah. She somehow got from a bloody driveway cleanly to the street. And then disappeared. And then it's gone. There was road construction going on. And there is a theory that, like, she fell into a pit of the road construction and then got accidentally buried by the oh, construction, which gosh. is horrific. But I'm also like, how would they not have seen her? Yeah. Like, how was she, you know, but that seems to be like kind of like the overriding theory at this point, that that was Joan and that she fell into a pit and got covered up by the road. I'm like, is not that easy that that happens? That's the theory. <laughs> like, that's what you're going to stick with. I mean, nobody really knows. Um, <clears throat> Martin Rich never had Joan declared legally dead he stayed in that house and raised his children. Mm-hmm. The National Park Service did eventually turn the neighborhood into a historic site. So they actually, like, the house itself was moved oh. to Lexington, Massachusetts. And at that point, Martin moved to a house nearby. He never changed his phone number, even though he got a lot of prank calls. I bet. But he was like, just in case she ever calls. Like, he still believed that she was alive. Oh. And his theory was that she had suffered some sort of amnesia. Oh, She had no history of mental illness and there was no history of mental illness in her family. But when you think about the traumatic thing that happened with her parents when she was younger Uh and then when that happened and she was adopted, they changed her last name. And I don't know. There's just part of it that makes me think like she went through this really traumatic thing that kind of uprooted her whole identity. Like suddenly a different family with a different last name. Yeah. And I don't know. Does that perhaps lend itself to some sort of crazy amnesia? It becomes a trigger. But what, triggered, but what yeah. triggered it? Yeah. yeah. He died in 2009, never knowing what happened to her. Oh, I did listen to a podcast like just this morning. That was about a woman who like went missing. And then it turns out that she had amnesia and they found her. And it was like global amnesia. She remembered nothing. Oh, wow. She remembered her parents from when she was a kid, but when her parents, cause she was like in a hospital when her yeah. parents went to like see her, she just started crying. Cause she was so scared. She didn't know who they she were. She didn't know who they were. Oh, Oh, The parents that she remembered were like 20 years younger. Oh, gosh. So it's rare, but it happens. But she, her case was was triggered by an attack. Yeah. I don't know if in the 60s, like if some woman had shown up in a hospital two towns over. If they would have alerted anybody. Yeah. Like I don't. She just became a Jane Doe. Right. I don't know. It seems like she would have had to gone pretty far. It seems like this would have been big news. Right. And they had already alerted area hospitals. So how right. far did that radius go? Yeah, yeah. Because if she was wounded enough for that to become, I don't know. I don't know either. This case is just like what. Like, if she does die a Jane Doe, how long do they keep it until they're like, okay, nobody's claimed this body? If she goes. Yeah, like, like to if like somebody a, found her dead somewhere, whatever. Like wherever they buried like a Popper's Potter's field or <laughs> <laughs> a potter's field. Sounds right too. <laughs> now you're making me doubt is Potter's field the right way. I think it is. I think it, I is. Think I think it sure. is. Both both seem right to me. Popper. So, yeah, I don't know. Also, the woman, the bloodied woman who was walking on the side of the road, she could have fallen into a pit and been buried. But that also may not have been Joan. (laughs) Like, we're we're assuming a lot of things. Yeah. Okay, yeah, this is all assumption. So, Joan's case remains open and unsolved. And that is the end of my story. How is this not on Unsolved Mysteries? I don't know. It probably is. Oh, yeah. Well, all the years of Unsolved Mysteries, yeah. There are so many of them. I just can't. I don't. What happened? To her. Where I is she? Oh. And the whole other thing is, I keep being like, it was the 60s. It was a long time ago. But she it could did. Be that none of these things matter. She did send the little kids over there knowing something was going that on. That was my thought, too. And they didn't get any phone calls, though. And what was she doing walking up the driveway with her arms outstretched? Was somebody behind her? Were they. I don't even know what they like say this? outstretched, what they mean. Uh, but, but it f- does sound like that was my thought, too. Is that she took the kids over there and was like, I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't she have taken the little one? That's a good point. So, like, if she had planned, she, like, if a doctor was coming over or something like that, mm-hmm. you think she would have waited till David woke <laughs> right. up and then been like, Barbara, could you watch the kids for a little bit? I've got something I've got to do. So it seems as though it was unexpected. And maybe the person was in the house already. Like, what if that's the case? Like, she realized there was something dangerous and so she was like, kids, go over here. I'll be right back. Yep. And so the person left. But if she was able, if there was a danger and she was able to take the kids and get them to another house, why Why wouldn't wouldn't she she have stayed and called 911? Unless... They said they were going to kill the boy. The danger was like, again... I, I don't want to say anything offensive, but what if the major right. was like a boyfriend? And so right. she was like, I just need to talk to you. I'm going to put the kids over here. Yeah. Like maybe there'd been a problem. Right. And then he attacked her and then left. And then she went and checked on the little one to see if he was still asleep. Cause she was maybe going to go across the street to get help. And the guy pulled up and threw her in his car. So she couldn't. Like, why is there blood in the house? Yeah. But not, a, but so like, a small amount to where they think that it wasn't it was more of a superficial injury than life threatening and when they say drops of blood do they mean like microscopic puddles or like if i were to like slice my finger and i'm like trying to go get like something and it slides like i think it's more like um less than an inch like an eighth of an inch if i can remember the numbers of what i read like it's really yeah. tiny little drops so there's a drop at the bottom of the stairs Two drops at the top. But it's not... Eight well, drops I mean, in the bed. I don't know. I was going to say it's not like smeared everywhere. There was just smeared in the kitchen on the walls. Because you would think if it's like it on her legs dripping down, it would have been like smeared by her foot or mm-hmm. something. That's one thing they said. There were no footprints in the blood, period. Because if it's like dripping down her stomach, it's going to be mm-hmm. more of a, mm-hmm. a puddle mm-hmm. than a drop. And also, if she's at that point bleeding so much that it's running down her yeah. legs, you think there'd just be more of it. Yeah. Unless it started upstairs, then maybe it got worse by the time and she got it to the was kitchen. all over the kitchen yeah and then she's just so like in shock or whatever that she's trying to clean and it she's up. trying to like get the phone book and she gets the phone and, like falls and it rips it out of the but why was the trash can and how did she get from the house to the road yeah but Walk, maybe she did walking maybe she didn't get from the house to the road yeah maybe she was attacked and taken away and the woman on the road has nothing to do with this this is true and <laughs> <laughs> we're back it makes me <laughs> crazy uh, this is right up there with the Solder children. In terms it of is! Like, where are they? How does someone just fall off the face of the earth? Uh, fairy, okay. fairy aliens. were. Ooh, was she abducted by aliens? Yeah. Is so it like the 411 missing persons? Good Lord. Where you walk out into the woods and you're gone. But there was a suspicious car. Yes. Unless aliens are now driving cars. We don't know. And then I have so many questions like, was that car ever seen again? Did they ever... Track down who that car belonged to. I mean, yeah. I think not for it to be listed in the story as much right. as it is. Like, I think if they were like, and that car turned out to be this person, yeah, then it would be ruled out. But I never saw anything like that. <laughs> hmm. So there you go. Great, Joan Rich gone. Where? Where? We're into the nowhere. Thanks for listening. Yeah. If you guys have heard of that story and have heard any other theories. Or if, you if you've taken all the rambling yeah. and I come up with your own theory, I would I would really like to know what it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just need more things to think about because it's bothering me so, so much. Yeah. Now we're just sitting on this pile of information <laughs> that's getting us nowhere. And it's so much information. It there's is. There's so much. There's so many details. There's, yeah. They had a lot of evidence, but nothing. Nothing. No conclusion. So. <sighs> <sighs> If you have theories, you can email them to us at which is magic murder mystery at yep. and We've right. also gotten so many of your stories and creepy little things that have happened to you or creepy little things from your hometowns. And we love that. Oh, so yeah. We love keep hearing from you. In. Yeah. You can yeah. DM us or email us. It's so much fun. You can find us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. which is Magic Murder Mystery. You can find us on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. Hey, YouTubers. <laughs> you can also join our Facebook group. It's really fun. There's more people joining all the time. It's always fun. And everybody always says hi when they come. It's in. so I cute. It's so much. You guys are like, hi, I love your podcast. And I'm just like,
1: <laughs> hey, I love you too. So glad you're here.
0: Uh, it's Witches Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast Discussion Group, if you're yes. looking for that on Facebook facebook um it's a private group but you can join you just have to answer a few questions to prove that you're not a person yeah Mm -hmm. and and answer those questions because we're just Mm -hmm. gonna let you sit there if you do there's three questions it's not hard no that's simple okay uh thanks for listening yeah and we'll talk to you later okay goodbye goodbye